Welcome to the Soccer Podcast, where we talk soccer in Delaware, soccer in the rest of the world, and everything in between. My name is Sebastian, and this week I'm joined here by Dwayne. Sure, Friday before the tournament, got a lot of games, a lot of home games this weekend, a lot of teams kicking off. I think all of our teams are playing this weekend. I also think it's it's been a busy week. Yeah. Like, since the last podcast, right? So much has already happened. I feel like we, we've said that the last couple of times. So since we recorded the last podcast last Friday, uh, you and I have gone out to, uh, we went to a signing day. Yep. So Katie Llewellyn is heading off to Westminster College in PA. West, Westminster. Westminster. That's what I said. Not what you uh, said before Westminster. <laughs> sneak, pre- uh, sneak preview to the po- uh, podcast. Yeah, sneak, preview, sneak preview to the interview for that's happening later on today. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so we we went up to Sanford. Uh, so congratulations to Katie Llewellyn. Uh, Delaware Union player for a long time, for a long, long time, and current Diamonds player as well. So congratulations to Katie. Uh, we're we're really looking forward to watching her play in college. Um, so yeah, we had a kind of a busy busy weekend. Um, a lot of league games. I had games. I had four games on Sunday at home. <laughs> um, I had four games at home on Sunday. Uh, so that's I, crazy. I, I did the nine to five at at the field. Uh, there you go. Uh, well, nine. Well, it was actually more like nine to six. <laughs> Did a good old, good old nine to six. Luckily, the the GM came with me. He got me some lunch, uh, so that was nice. And with the breaks, yeah. he he went out and got some lunch. Gotcha. That was nice. I pulled a two hour shift at uh in Middletown the whole weekend. Yeah, I was only there for two hours. Yeah, no, I was there on Saturday morning for rec. I was at Saturday morning in Middletown Village. Um, then, uh, went to a, my kid's birthday party in Kanto in Kanto birthday party. That's right. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it was a good time. And we had, uh, tryouts and ID sessions this week and we had the girls ID sessions and you had the 09 boys and 2010 boys tryouts. Uh, yeah, tryouts so, were on Monday and Wednesday. So, oh man, come on, man. That's a rookie mistake. We're a hundred. We're almost a hundred episodes in and you still got, you still got your phone buzzing. People still don't know where I'm at 10 o'clock on a, on I, Friday. Yeah, people got it. People got it now. So the um, same place for the last hundred weeks. Yeah. <laughs> when you say it like that, it just sounds so long. Hundred same weeks. place. Uh yeah. So um heading over to yeah, so ID sessions. Yeah, ID sessions. That's what we we're talking about. Um, yeah, it was good. On the girl side, it was really good. Um I I we had a good time. It was good at Odessa. We, you know, the coaches, we, some of us changed some things around. You coached the 2010 team, which is the team you're taking next year. And on one day, and I coached them the other day. And yesterday's session was really good. Um, so it was overall a, a really good time. Yeah, absolutely. Um, what do you think? How did yours go? Um, uh, nine boy session was uh, good. Nines and tens. Um, you know, there was a lot of new tens that were coming out, really getting identified. So, we did a lot of scrimmaging to see how the tens looked in a game uh, game scenario where you know their coaches see them playing in certain positions. Um, they're nine boys, so it looks like the train's going to just keep rolling with the 17, 18 guys that we have now into next year. So um, it was pretty good. You know, it was good to play the tens and you know support them so that they're not playing each other. It helped them adapt to a bigger field. So it's good. Nice. Awesome. And next That's week I'm back out, next week I'm back out there for 07 and 08 tryouts. So right. 
just try out tryouts after tryouts tryout city out here man that's good good stuff um there's still time to register um if you if you want to reach out to us uh feel free delawareunion.com you can fill out our player interest form you can contact one of us and uh we'll we'll get you set up um so that's really exciting and then uh again game to the next level yeah, follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Delarunion, on Instagram at Delarunion Soccer, and on Twitter at DE Union Soccer. And also uh, Diamonds page, DE Union Diamonds uh, on Instagram and on Facebook. Schedule's being released soon. We already have our media day set up, so that way we can um, announce our new uniforms very soon. Uh, and then, of course, follow the podcast uh instagram at de soccer podcast at the soccer podcast all right doing i had a, had a kind of a question to ask you yep. so I, i'm heading to a, a, a soccer game later this afternoon for for high school um and i had a game this weekend or this week on monday coming back after spring break so there seems to be a, a bit of an issue with the fact that i have won some games mm-hmm. um there I, I won't mention names or anything like that, that that's unnecessary um, but there, there seems to be this weird like thing about the fact that Odessa has won a couple games by 11 goals. Right. Yeah. And there's been to be an issue with that. So I, I think there's, there's, and, and by issue, fold. I mean, issue by coaches of other institutions that I don't even play. Yeah, so I think a couple of things are, um, you know, Odessa being a fairly new school, you're trying to hit the ground running, you're trying to put players in situations because you're at a disadvantage that a lot of schools aren't at, um, where you only have two classes of players. You only have freshmen and sophomores. If, you know, if I'm at a established school and I'm scoring 11 goals and it's a senior who's already leading the state in goals and She's trying to add to her tally. That's a different conversation. But if you're, you know, trying to build the school, build the culture the right way, you're putting players in positions to help build them for the future. I think that, I mean, 11 goals are going to happen because you also don't have the luxury of bringing in a JV team and having some of those players. Like everybody's on varsity. The players that probably normally would be on a JV team or on varsity and you're playing those players to get them experienced because you're going to need them in the long run because pretty much your varsity team is going to be your varsity team going forward. I mean, and realistically, um, my our the 11 goals that we scored, for example, we're not we're not we're just our style of play doesn't change. Right. What changes is maybe tactically we move some players around so that way if the score is getting, you know, a little bit high we just move some players in different positions and we give different players opportunities to potentially score a goal but i don't i don't understand this idea that that just because and and i had also a discussion with the referee about this because the referee attempted to um help the other team not be offside by telling them they were offsides before a free kick and the excuse that the referee gave me again unprompted i did not ask for this she came up after the game and tried to tell me that there was players on that team that, that had never played soccer before. And ultimately my response was, A, that's not your responsibility. Um, and B, I also have players that have never played soccer before. And we're past spring break. To me, past spring break means we're past halfway through the season. So the learning curve from a coaching standpoint, and again, no discredit to that coach, but 
but the learning curve now it's becomes a coach responsibility, right? Like it's not in like, Hey, we're all in it together. Week one, people don't know how to take a throw and kind of thing. Yeah. You right? should, it, ah. it, it should be something that gradually builds up. If no one like the throw in example, all right, you work on throw-ins, you go to your first game scenario. Yeah. The nerves kick in. You may mess up with some throw-ins, but you do some review. All sides is one of the most major components about soccer. So if you're off sides, and you're offside 30 times a game, your coach has to have that conversation with you. And, and, it, and the referee should not affect that because that affects negatively towards my team with what I'm trying to do tactically. That prepares me maybe not for this specific game, but for another game that I might need that offside call. Exactly. And and the thing about offsides, because I, I tell my players sometimes they're frustrated off sides. I'm like, at least you're making the runs, right? Yeah. Like, at least you're making the runs. We're playing the ball. You're offsides. It's a timing thing. But if you're just blatantly off sides and, and you don't understand what that is, that's a conversation your coach, the coach needs to have with their group of players to make sure everybody's on the same page. You may have those five or six players that have played soccer their whole life and understand it. Yeah. But if the other 16 don't know, then you need to have that conversation as a group so that we can understand it and walk through it, do what you need to do. I mean, we've, yeah. done, we've seen some coaches do some wacky things. So, yeah. Yeah. I just, I, it just, it really frustrated me the fact that like I'm being faulted for for ultimately doing maybe taking a different approach to high school soccer than most people as most people take right we and and it's different right it's and and we we hear it a lot from either from what we've seen or we've experienced or what we've heard from our own players that are playing in different high schools right so i'm not saying there's a right or a wrong way right everyone has their way of doing it and whatever works for you is what works for you for me this idea of playing high school soccer and making high school soccer this um, year-round commitment for players, I, I don't fully agree with because realistically, it's it's an it's a really strange environment physically. Um, you play a lot of games in a short amount of time. Your ability to train becomes really difficult at times, just because again, you don't you're not trying to. You have some inexperienced players, so you're limited to at times as to what you can do. Not only that, physically, you don't want to burn players out because then you need them later down the road, right? So you're trying to give as much rest as possible. So this idea that it becomes this year-round thing, or I don't know. I think there's no there's no equality out of it because if I'm a coach and I'm a PE teacher and I don't really, I just coach, you know, we're using girls soccer. I just coach girls soccer in the spring. That's all I'm going to put into it is the 15, 16 weeks into it. But then I have the coach down the road who's putting a year round commitment into it. And if our teams end up in the same place, what was the point? Right. Right. So like, if I'm fortunate and I'm going to use this example, cause it's Delaware. If I'm fortunate to coach at a private school and my players just show up and we're automatically just better. And this coach puts, and he's at a public school. He puts a year round effort into it. We end up in the same place or end up better. What's the point? Right. Because that could also be under the assumption that my players are off getting better training somewhere else and playing against higher competition somewhere else than anything that I can give them. Because yeah, the I mean, reality is how many schools are you going to play against in Delaware where player one through 20 are high level travel players yeah. that start and play for their team versus the other school that has maybe six or seven travel players and the rest are 
recreational players, girls playing for the first time, girls that play field hockey that are trying to do something for the spring, like all those different things. So, I mean, you can do it all year round, but if you get the same place as everybody else, what's the point? And and then not only that, I think there's there's a level of of what the like you said, right? What the point is? I look at it as a point being like, hey, my goal is to teach you the game and teach you how to get better at it. And ultimately, if you follow it and you want to then play it, you know, outside of this the high school soccer season, then great, good for you. That's awesome. But if you don't, that's okay. But when you come back out next year, now you have a better understanding of it, so we can build from that, right? Right. In the short amount of time that I have with you, right? I'm not, I'm not hounding you down, right? If you're primarily a, a volleyball player, for example, I'm not hounding out, hounding you down year round to to focus about soccer, focus on soccer, focus on soccer, focus on soccer. No, I'm your secondary sport. I have to be okay with that, and just find a way to again maximize your your strengths and to a certain extent minimize your weaknesses, right? Absolutely. And the you know, lesson is. How many college coaches are you going to see at a high school soccer game this year? Probably not many, if if at all. Anybody. Not many. Yeah. Four years, I saw one college coach at a soccer mm-hmm. high school soccer. Four years in my career. Well, and this brings me this brings me to my to my next point, right? And this it's a good segue into this. Now, I'll preface it with the segue that I'm trying to make has no. I am not by any stretch of the imagination saying that my team at Odessa or any other high school team would compare to what I'm about to say, but it does bring up the interesting conversation about the results, right? So um, the U17 uh, women's CONCACAF championship is going on. So on their 17 women's uh, championships going on for CONCACAF. We're in the final stages of it. Uh, the first four groups have already played um, a while ago. So the first four groups are, they go by rankings. They go by FIFA rankings. So it's 17 through 41 are in the first four groups or something like that. And then out of those groups, only the top team makes it to the round of 16. So then then now, just now, the top 16 teams have played in four groups. And the top three make it. Gotcha. So now there's a total of 16 teams left, right? So U.S. is in a group or was in a group. They just finished playing all three games. The U.S. is in a, was in a group with the United States. So it's United States, Costa Rica, Puerto Rico, and Grenada, right? So that means that Costa Rica, Puerto Rico, and Grenada were still in that top 16 in CONCACAF and under 17 women's soccer. Mm-hmm. The U.S. played Grenada in the first game. Do you know what the score was? Probably like 8 nothing. It was 20 to nothing. 20. 20. Sorry, that was the second game. They played Puerto Rico first. You want to know what that score was? 15. 13. 13. So, and then they played Costa Rica in the last game, and they won 5 nothing. So, now... I don't see an, a huge uproar. Now, maybe you know, not a lot of people know that this tournament's going on, but I don't particularly see a huge uproar about the fact that the U.S. women's national team and the under-17 women's national team beat Grenada 20 to nothing. Yeah. I mean, I think part of it is probably exposure, but I think also if you – we're going to – this is a World Cup game and this is 20 to nothing, like 
no one's going to say anything because this is the stage that you're in. Like, this is what you qualified to be in. Yep. And you're not going to sell these girls short and say, oh, it's five, nothing, kick the ball around. Like, you got to you got to play to your full potential and then maybe take the gas off. Like if it's 10, nothing, 20 minutes into the game, but we can't just play kick around for 70 minutes. Like we've got to continue to build because at some point we're going to go play like a Canada or Jamaica or, or Mexico who scored 10, nothing against Trinidad and Tobago. And we've got to still be able to create and score goals. And, and that's the thing, right? So the game was six, nothing, 30 minutes in, right? So you got, you got a player, for example, and I'm gonna use I'm gonna use this player as an example, Amelia Villarreal, right? So Amelia Villarreal came in at halftime. Uh, wait, did she come in at halftime? No, sorry, she came in the 77th minute. In the 81st minute, she gets an opportunity to score a goal, and guess what she does? Scores a goal because she's trying to, that's her she's opportunity to, to score a goal, right? To- getting more minutes right you're, you're muted i can't hear you that's our opportunity to get more minutes oh i lost you oh boy we're experiencing technical difficulties with Dwayne. but anyways my point is that again not to make a comparison between high school that's, soccer or odessa soccer corona i guess that's it. uh to, to the women's national team but um the ability for players to to score goals whenever they have the opportunity to, again, as long as not an, trying to, you're not trying to embarrass the other team, as long as all you're trying to do is play your game and then prepare yourself for what's next, then that's that's what's important. Are you back? That's our opportunity to get more minutes. Nope, can't, still can't hear you. Oh, man, this is going to be difficult. That's our opportunity to get more minutes. I still can't hear you. I don't know what you're saying. Can't hear me? No, I can't hear you. My mic is lighting up. Are you sure it's not you? Nope, nothing. So, um, anyway, so uh, so the tournament's in a really interesting format. Um, so, um, so the U.S. is through the next round. Yeah. So right now, um, the the round of sixteen is ha- it's coming on. So uh, United States is playing Curacao tomorrow at four o'clock um so again now the now these these are the the somewhat 17 through uh 41 that are coming up for this next round um so it'll be an interesting dynamic uh with the teams that are coming up so the the four teams that moved up from that first stage uh are curacao uh believe haiti yeah, Haiti. No, Haiti. No, Haiti was still there. Um, St. Kitts, maybe? St. Kitts. Good islands, man. Yeah, St. Kitts. And then I should probably just pull them up simultaneously so that we don't have to worry about it. Uh, Cuba. No, Cuba was still already in there. Never mind. Wasn't Cuba. Um, Guyana, maybe? Yeah, Guyana. All right, that's three. All right, we got one more we got to find. So it's Curacao, um, Haiti. No, not Haiti. St. Kitts, Guyana, um, and then Nicaragua. 
That's it. No, Nicaragua is in there. Man, I don't know. All right, that's fine. We'll figure it out. All right. So, uh, so yeah. So that's that's coming up tomorrow. Uh, I believe those games are being broadcasted in FS1, if I'm not mistaken. So, all right, uh, Dwayne, we have an interview. Uh, one of the last recordings we have from the convention. Hold um, on to this one for a while. We have been, and we we've gotten we've gotten some uh, some heat for it because the person that we are interviewing did not like the fact that we've been holding on to it. But we were holding on to it because we knew Katie Llewellyn was ultimately going to be uh, committing to Westminster. And so we sit down with Bree Mergy, who is the assistant coach at Westminster. So we'll listen to that now. Sebastian, so, you know, networking at the convention, um, I actually wasn't even in the convention when I met Bree Mergy, uh, assistant women's soccer coach at Westminster. What do we have in common with Westminster? Um, so Westminster. When Westminster, sorry. Yeah. It's no, all right. I'll let it slide. I'll let it slide. There's no I in there. Westminster. Uh, well, I mean, a former Delaware Union player, Delaware Union Diamonds player, Kylie Shannon. Kylie Shannon, yeah. So we met Bree Mergy and um, tell us a little about, about Westminster. Westminster. So Westminster College is um, in, the, in the west side of Pennsylvania. It's about an hour north of Pittsburgh and about an hour from Erie. So right in between there, um, it's a small liberal arts college, um, about 1,500 students, um, 11 to 1 student-teacher ratio, so, you know, small class sizes, which is really nice. Um, Division three program in the President's Athletic Conference, um, which is, what's nice about that, that conference is that all those teams are pretty much Western Pennsylvania kids, um, schools, um, and then play one team in Ohio and one team in West Virginia, so it's all pretty local, which is really nice. The travel is is uh, decent, so it's not, nice. it's not bad. Cool. That's good. Um, how'd you guys do this year? We actually, yeah, we actually had a really good year. Um, we were 16, 3, and 1 overall. Um, we were our conference uh, finalists, our runner-ups. Um, so we lost in the uh, conference final. Um, we were the number one seed going into playoffs, had home field advantage for the pack championship, and unfortunately came up short. But, you know, um, it's the small victories. You know, we, ha- we were regular season champions. Um, we had... Like maybe like 10 shutouts in a row. We only conceded one goal in regular season play um, for our conference. And, um, you know, we were regionally ranked. Um, so, you know, we, we had a really good year. So, it yeah, looks excited. like you guys had a lot of success. It looks like you, you scored a lot of goals. Yeah, 62. Goals. 62, in fact. So, so how, like, you know, you know, you don't have to go into your tactics, but what, how do you credit scoring 62 goals? Because that's pretty impressive for your yeah. group. Uh, just uh, being creative in the attack. Um, Gareth Stakar, the head coach, he does a really good job of kind of instilling those plays to be creative, those overlapping runs, the diagonal runs, you know, the through balls, um, and, and finishing as well. We practice finishing all the time. So just, just that... Um, repetitiveness of doing that over and over again. It just kind of came naturally to the girls, which was really cool to see. And then you only give up one goal in conference play. So are you guys just an all-around great team, or is it just like your style of play? You just score so many goals that you don't get scored on. So, like, let's talk about the defensive side of the ball, too. I, I think it's an attitude. You know, like the girls, they, they don't want to give up any goals. That's their goal every single game. Not to not only win the game, but to not give up any goals. And, and give credit to our uh, goalkeeper. She makes incredible saves. She's an all-conference player, first-team all-conference pl- player for the last, I think, two, two three years. So she's a brick wall back there. And then our back line is just incredible. You know, we've had um, first team all conference right back, Jocelyn Gillette. She is our team captain as well. She's been captain for like the last 
four years because she was her fifth year this year. Well, she was she was um, in grad school. This was okay. her fifth year playing, but she was in grad school. So she graduated and then used her COVID year for grad school. And so she came back and, um, you know, they all wanted it so bad. They all wanted that, that championship ring. Um, but, yeah, it's definitely a mindset. It's their attitude. They were like, you know, we don't want to give up any goals. It was just really nice to see. Um, our two center backs work really well together. Um, but overall, we were a really young team. So I was surprised at the fact that we could continue that, you know, not giving up any goals and scoring a lot of goals, just how young we were. We are, you know. So, um so you got to look out at that conference, got to watch out for the next yep. couple of years because if you're scoring 62 goals and you're young. Yep. Seven freshmen we started throughout the season. Yeah, How many that's... seniors graduated? Uh, we graduated 10 seniors. Okay. Yeah. It's not bad. So, you know, we, we had about three or four seniors starting and then freshmen and then maybe like one or two sophomores and juniors. So, so yeah, it was a really young team, but also had that like veteran-like attitude as well. The, you know, the girls, you know, Jocelyn, for example, you know, this last year in the spring when we had our season, you know, we lost in the conference semis. The year before that, we lost in the semis. The year before that, we lost in the pack championship game. You know, so this was kind of like her last run to, to get it, but you know, Everything happens for a reason, and you know, like you said, we're gonna continue to be a really good team. So yeah, it's, it's really exciting. Yeah, so yeah impressive. It's, it's 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 tough to be upset about it because there's just so many positive things that come out of that. I mean, yeah, you can't take a lot of negatives of only giving up one goal and, and getting scoring 62 goals. Like, there's not a lot to be upset about when we, you don't get. We also got um, Pack Rookie of the Year as well for one of our freshmen. Well, I'm, I'm, I guarantee you guys swept the awards at, it, for your conference. We did, yeah, we did, yeah. Yeah, had a clean cool. sweep. So, um, you know, you just graduated 10 seniors. Um, how, what is your class of 2023 looking like? 2022. Sorry. Yeah, no, you're good. Um, so that was, it's funny because in the spring we had our season. So by then we were already done with the 21 class. So we really try to utilize that time to get all of our 22 recruits on campus to come to the games, um, to meet the girls, kind of see how we do things on game day and stuff like that. Um, so the bulk of our commits actually committed that spring and that summer. So um, we got done with it pretty early. So we actually used COVID to our advantage, which was, which was nice. Good. Um, so right now we're just kind of looking for a few spots left over, a few uh, places where we still need players. Um, but yeah, pretty much we're, we're on to 23s by now. So mm -hmm. what were some of the challenges with recruiting um, with COVID? Um, you know, there was a lot of restrictions. Players had to play with masks. You know, some, some tournaments were getting canceled. You know, some teams weren't participating. What were some of those challenges? Yeah, so, so fortunately we saw Kylie very early in COVID, it was our first showcase back recruiting, and it was at um, Penn Fusion um, in Eastern PA. And I forget how she was even allowed to be there because she was from an outside state, or that was like the last. Yeah, that was the last one yeah, before. Yeah, before yeah. We, were, we were not allowed to travel. So it's crazy. Like everything happens for a reason. Luckily enough, her team was allowed to go there. You know, we weren't allowed to recruit outside of the state right. very much. So you know, it just everything happens for a reason. We saw her there. Um, I think she was playing in a mask at that time, yep. Um, but our girls at Westminster, I have to give Westminster credit, they dealt with COVID uh, very nicely. I mean, you know, we, we played in the fall, 
like three times a week we practiced. We had our regular preseason um, schedule we were able to do. We were allowed to have on-campus visits, um, even with players from out of state. Um, so they, they handled it really well. And so we were really fortunate to have those, um, we were allowed to do that kind of stuff. So it really made that 21 class pretty easy to recruit. Um, but you know, eventually we, we weren't allowed to leave the state. You know, we had to stay within the state. You know, we, we uh, had to get tested. You know, eventually going. It was just yeah. you know, you know how it was. I don't even like to think about it that much. Yeah, but um, you know, yeah, it, it really wasn't too too bad. And again, we like we used it to our advantage. Um, in the fall, when we didn't have our season, we went to a lot of high school games. And usually, we don't. We're not able to do that. So we went to so many high school games in the area, and just got as many people on campus as we could from those from those uh, high schools, and, and it worked out extremely well. And we got a lot of local kids, local talent, so um, it really wasn't too bad. That's good. So do you guys, uh, does your school really recruit locally, or do you always look to go outside? Like, how does that work? So like, what's your mix. balance? It's, it's a mix. We definitely tr like to uh, incorporate local kids. We're, we're super close to Youngstown, so we have a few kids from Youngstown, and then we're close to, you know, Pittsburgh and Erie so we get a few kids from those areas and then um, outside of that we go outside we'll go anywhere you know we have kids from Florida California Maryland Virginia um, I think that's it Michigan so we're, we're pretty open to go wherever um, this year we were actually fortunate enough to go to California in, in San Diego we went recruiting at Surf Cup in, in San nice. Diego so we're hoping to get a lot more kids from from out that way and you know we really want to um, broaden our horizons with that because you know it's about the experience for the girls you know they get to meet new people from all over the country which is a really good experience to have and and just to see you know where people come from and everywhere is different so that's one of the nice things about Westminster we recruit all over the country nice awesome what is, uh, what was, how long have you been there? This is my second year. Okay, all right, and how did you get started in coaching? So I started coaching um, whenever I was in college, my junior year. Um, I, I played at a small school in Wheeling, West Virginia, um, called Wheeling Jesuit. Um, so I started coaching club there my junior year at a small club. And I, I loved it. Yeah, I loved staying in the game and teaching younger players the game and, and just seeing their love for the game made me love the game even more. Um, so I started coaching club there. It's kind of like a side gig to make some money, you know. And then um, my senior year, I actually coached high school during my senior year season um, because I, I knew that this was something that, okay, I, I may want to go into, you know? My senior year, I'm trying to figure out what I want to do after graduation. Um, you know, this opportunity came up to coach high school. I was like, great, like, I'll add it to my resume. Um, you know, but whenever I started coaching club, I started getting into my licenses. Um, so I started doing that stuff. My senior year, I got my D license. Um, so that really opened a lot of doors for me um, when it came to coaching after I graduated. Um, so. I actually, just from networking and talking to people, uh, LinkedIn was huge for me. I connected with a ton of coaches on LinkedIn, who just messaging them like, hey, uh, do you know any of any graduate assistant positions open or anywhere like that? And um, someone go back to me and said that, oh, I think there's this position open at Westminster College, you know, close to Pittsburgh. And this was actually the former assistant there, Gabe Kleiner, he's not the, um, assistant coach at Rochester um, so he's there and uh, 
he told me about the position. I reached out to Girish and I went to campus and I loved it. I loved the campus. It was a super nice athletic department, just a super nice campus overall. The facilities are great. Um, and you know, Girish, it, it was really nice to see how long he's been there. And I felt like I could learn a ton from him and which I have. I have, I've learned so much over the last two years. I feel so fortunate and blessed to like have learned so much that I feel like a lot of assistant coaches don't get in two years. So, um, and, uh, and then I was able to get my master's for free. Um, I'm getting my MBA. I graduated in May. So congratulations! Thank you. Yeah, I'm really excited, and it was over. It's overall been an amazing experience. So, cool. awesome. yeah. And now coaching is what I want to do forever. So, there you go. There you go. so I definitely. Um, there's you a know. job. There's a job opening in PA somewhere, right? Possibly, potentially, right? There is a job open in PA. Yeah. yeah, D3 College. There is a there is a job open in PA, I know that. You can coach another former I'm Delaware sure. Union player. That's <laughs> uh, true, yeah. Um, so tell us a little bit about your playing career. So you, you went to school at Willing Jesuit, you yep. played, what, what position, what were your accolades, you know, did you light it up? Or? Yeah, so um, I, you know, I wanted to stay close to home. Um, so I'm, I'm from Pittsburgh. I've lived there my whole life. You gotta be a Steelers uh, fan, right? Oh, yes, I am, you know. Ben, I love you. I'm, I'm so sad to see you leave, but uh, it was time. It, it, was, was, time. it was time. You know, you now go. it's a new era to start, and I can't wait to see who they get and ready to take this program to the top. You know, <laughs> I need to see another Super Bowl. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. So I wanted to go to a small school um, that was close to home, and Wheeling definitely fit that perfectly. You know, and I went there for my overnight, and I practiced with the team, and I, I felt like I did well there, and I fit in really well. So um, I committed there, um, went there, and, and I was fortunate enough to start as a freshman. I, I think I started every single game and, and played a lot, and that was something that I was very interested in in my recruiting process. Is I, I wanted to go somewhere where I could start and play a lot. And it didn't really matter to me how good the team was. I just wanted the experience of playing the sport that I love at a campus for a university that I love. Um, and that's exactly what happened. So um, I played a lot uh, for the next four years. I was captain my senior year. Um, I was always an outside back. And that's where I started off for the first two years. And then my junior year, I kind of pushed into the center back role you know I was getting older um, you know I was becoming getting older I was getting older I was becoming more more experienced is yeah, what yeah, I meant I to thought say she was like slowing your timing, down. Your timing <laughs> yeah I'm thinking she's like slowing down in the game no, 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 no. I you was becoming, I was becoming more experienced you know my IQ the game was getting better I knew there you go and so I pushed into the center back role but still was going outside back sometimes times um, and then my senior year I stepped into the sixth role a bit getting more experience and more you know leadership having a leadership role you know you want to be in the center field exactly exactly so um, I played a you know six outside back and center back were kind of my positions um, so not a goal scorer not a goal scorer not a goal scorer goal stopper there you that's, go. that's why she became an goal outside stopper. back. She, she goal, goal stopper, but I loved, as an outside back, getting forward um, from the back. That was kind of like my signature 
you know what I did. Um, so I loved I loved getting forward and getting crosses in and, and trying to get with the attack. I love that because I was always a midfielder. I was always a winger um, growing up, and then I kind of shifted back to the outside back role by the time I got to high school. Um, so I really like that. Um, yeah. That's about it. Um, Wheeling went through a you know, financial crisis my junior year, so it was really tough to see that, like, um, you know, and have that go through that. And you know, we had a lot of players leave, but we had a lot of students leave, um, so that was really tough. And by the time it was my senior year, it, we didn't have the players to really compete at the Division II level. Um, so that was really tough. tough yeah. yeah, so as a captain and as a leader, you know, that was a big challenge for me, but I'm super thankful that I went through that because it, it, I took with me lessons that not many people learn. And Absolutely. so when I got to Westminster, such a wonderful, wonderful school, and, you know, they have the money, they have the academics, they have that leadership above them to make sure it's a successfully ran school. Um, you know, it makes you not take things for granted. And I wanted to make sure that the girls knew that. Don't take this for granted. You know, you're Absolutely. so lucky to be here. You're so fortunate to be here, you know. So don't ever forget that because I didn't have what you guys have. Yeah. You know, I didn't have the players. I didn't have, you know, the money. We, we couldn't really travel much, you know, so. Yeah, the um, four years fly by too, right? Yeah, exactly. So you've got to cherish those and, moments and for with a your second teammates. There, for a second there, we weren't sure if I was going to have a senior year there. Right. Because of the financial crisis, we weren't sure if the school was going to even be able to stay afloat. Which is, which is becoming a, more of a common thing yeah. nowadays. There was another school, my conference, Urbana, that just recently closed. And, and you know, I, I feel for those kids because it's scary. It's yeah. like you don't know. And at least we got a warning right. of whether or not it was going to close. Them, they just, well, they were like, hey, one day, you know, the school's closed. Yeah, you know, they woke up and they, they didn't have a school anymore. So, like, at least we had that warning where we could kind of start looking places to see if, like, anything happened. And my, my coach... Uh, was super supportive of everybody. He's like, you know what, if I need to find you guys a team, if like, the school doesn't stay open, I absolutely will find you a team to be on, to finish out your career. So that was, you know, it just kind of shows, like, it just showed what a family wheeling was at the time. You know, we all wanted to stick together and, and have each other's backs and stuff. So, um, no, I'm definitely super glad that I went through that and I have that experience. As sad as it was, like, it only made me, like, a stronger person and, I, in my opinion, a better coach. Well, because yeah. I can, I have those experiences, and I can share that with my players to make sure that they never take anything for granted. So, it's an important thing to yeah, absolutely, yeah, seasoned vet for sure. Yeah, we had a player that kind of went through that same situation this summer that we had to help. You know, yeah. playing with the Diamonds, we helped her transition from her school that closed. Now she had warning, but she needed footage because there was no spring season for COVID and there was no fall season for COVID. So. Yeah. We helped her get the footage we, she needed, and now she transferred, and she's able to be successful. Yeah. It's definitely something to put in perspective now. When, when you're in that recruiting process, you kind of have to be care, be mindful about that, and see like, you know, is the college I'm looking at are they financially sustainable? Like, are they, you know, doing well financially? You, those are things you think about yeah. that I didn't I did not think about that at all during my recruiting process you know so now I can I can tell recruits too when they're looking at places you know make sure that you like find out like you know are they in how much debt are they in are they doing okay you know are they cutting a lot of majors are they cutting faculty you know that's those are kind of red those flags important decisions. red flags to see are they cutting sports you know definitely those are red flags for me and so one thing that I like to, to mention to 
parents and players when they come on their recruiting visits to Westminster is that you know during COVID is when schools really kind of started going downhill you know because of COVID. Um, at Westminster we were building all these new things. We built three new um, athletic facilities. We built a 30 million dollar um, science center attachment. Um, so we, we weren't declining, we were growing during a pandemic which is super important and it, and it shows how how financially stable we are, yeah. which is a really good thing to see after COVID. Yeah. I mean, well, during COVID, it's still not over yet, right. you know? So that's definitely something that I tell recruits to, to think about. What's one of the things that you find most enjoyable about coaching and where do you think you you can you relate to players the most? Um, so I think the thing that I enjoy most about coaching is going through the recruiting process you know Kylie for example like recruiting her like seeing her at Penn Fusion and then you know her applying and then her visiting and then her committing and her depositing and then getting her roommate and then all of a sudden you know she's here and then she's having a good time and you know she's making new friends and she's enjoying playing for the team and she's winning with us and like, I think seeing that growth of her from day one until now is what makes this job worth it to me is what makes all the travel all the money spent all the holidays missed you know time with family missed seeing that person happy about where they are where they ended up for their college decision that's what makes it enjoyable to me seeing that I had that impact on them of, of a very big decision that they that oh, yeah. they made in their life of, in their life you know um, I think that to me was the coolest thing to see like see it all come together um, and, and as you know when it comes to relating to the players I feel like I was just there you know I feel like I was just playing like two days ago you know so I can definitely relate to them on the playing level you know I, I, I feel for them especially being a woman and coaching you know seeing the girls and, and physiologically know like how what they're going through and stuff like that so and emotionally as well you know and, and things that I can relate to them but that Girish might not be able to so I, I feel like I can talk to them about things that you know maybe they won't be able to talk to Girish about so like I love again I love being that outlet for them that's what makes it enjoyable for me great. for them to to look at me as like a mentor, not just a coach. Right. You know, someone that they could look up to, someone that they could be like, you know what, I, I might want to coach yeah. after after graduation. I, I think I can do that. You know, and again, that's what I'm trying to spread is, you know, don't be afraid to start coaching, you know, if you're a girl. You know, I want to make that more of like a common thing that they can go and be a GA if they want to. They can go and get their master's for free, you know? So, um, because sometimes girls, I feel like, don't think that's an option for them. Yeah. yeah. And then they realize, oh, my gosh, like, I, I can be a graduate assistant. I can still stay in the game. I can get my master's for free. Like, that's, that's awesome. Yeah, you know? it's just so, about opening those doors and those opportunities. Yeah, and networking. So. Networking is huge, absolutely. Yep. So you're up one nothing, right? You get, I know you guys score a lot of goals, but you're only up one nothing. Five minutes left to go in the game. Are you parking the bus or are you chasing that second goal? Uh, probably going to pack it in and park the bus. Parking the bus? Yeah, with the last five minutes to go, uh, yeah, I would just pack it in and be like... I don't know, with yeah. that team, I don't know, with that team, I might go chase that Honestly, what would, get, what would happen, what would happen is we would say to pack it in, but then somehow they would, they would find a way to score another goal. I was going to say, you guys knowing that score team, two or three goals. Knowing that team, I mean, their drive to win is just, you can't teach that. 
you know, and, and it's something that when you're recruiting players, sometimes it's hard to know if that's if they have that drive because you know you can you get to know them so much and you can try to get to know them as much as you want but at the end of the day do you really know what you're getting whenever they arrive on campus no so for them to have every single one of them have that drive and have that same goal in mind as the seniors and juniors the upperclassmen it was really something special you know, and, and I and I want to say that I did it, but I, it was honestly just luck, you know, like, <laughs> it really is luck. You know, I, I can't take credit for people that genuinely are competitive and want to win. I, I didn't give that to them. So. All right, Brian. and then one last question. Can you just name your three favorite soccer players? Oh, my gosh. Okay, well, I'm a huge Liverpool fan. I'm sorry if you guys aren't, but <laughs> I'm a huge Liverpool fan. Well, the team's so. at the top of the standings right now, so it doesn't matter. Manchester City. Okay, well, you're just a bandwagon fan, clearly. I'm actually, I'm actually not. My, my, my original team is actually Crystal Palace, and you don't catch too many Crystal Palace fans throughout there. Oh, I've been to a Crystal Palace game. Really? Mm-hmm. So, I, so I'm a fan because of that, because I went to the, you know, went to the game, and I, the atmosphere was just unreal, and so that kind of like. I'm like sort of a fan, but then I'm mostly a they're Liverpool just not fan. Good enough. They're just not good enough to be a exactly. fan, Exactly. Right? You know, I'm more of like, you know, for the experience of being a Crystal Palace fan, I can say that I went there and that, you know, I'm not really a fan, but I still like really like the team because I, I love the fans and the atmosphere. But um, so my first two players, I'd say, are Liverpool players. So number one, Virgil van Dijk. I mean, he's just incredible. Incredible. When he tore his ACL, I was heartbroken. Didn't eat, didn't sleep for a week. No, just kidding. But it was, it was really upsetting. Uh, but now he's back. He's killing it. So it's awesome. Second favorite player, Trent Alexander Arnold. <laughs> As an outside back. I see where she's going with this. Like, okay. I think she's got like hard eyes popping out of her. Head I right really now. am. I really am. I love talking about the boys. I mean, they're they're awesome. So, yeah, I definitely in college was like, I just want to be like Trent. You know, I just want to be like him. You know, and and that's where I think I based a lot of my play after was him, just trying to get forward and trying to get crosses in. Um, I think third um, would have to be Julie Ertz. Julie Ertz. I think she's super humble. I think she's an extremely hard worker, and I think she gets her, her job done. Um, so I, I love her. I think she's a she's a really good role model for for young girls around the country and around the world as well. So uh, so yeah. That's perfect. So um, yeah, just let us know. Um, thanks for coming on, and then can you let us know where we can find Westmin- Westminster? on social media like your soccer team yeah of course well thank you so much for having me I'm really glad I ran into you on the, on the street this morning <laughs> uh, so on social media we have um, Instagram we have you can find us at dubc underscore dub soccer it's my Pittsburgh accent right there dub w <laughs> um, and then on Twitter, it's the same at. Actually, let me. Can I look it up real fast? Absolutely. You got plenty. Yeah, that's fine. Absolutely. We want to get it right. You know, we got some potential yeah, the, recruits. Yeah, the Instagram. The Instagram was correct. Delaware Pipeline strong. We got some potential recruits coming in, so we want to make sure we get that stuff out there. Oh, absolutely. Okay, for the Twitter, it's at dubc underscore titans underscore dub soccer. Or, I'm sorry, dub s. 
I really can't say dub dub dub. dub. <laughs> I mean, that's country, all we do is dubs. <laughs> all we get is dubs. That's all, all that matters. Dubs. And then I think that's it. We have a Facebook page. Just at Westminster, at Westminster College Soccer. Perfect. No TikTok. Women's soccer. No TikTok. No, no TikTok. Team, no team TikToks. No, that's a good idea. We should get one of those. I, I would, I would always see that as like a women's team thing. It's like team TikToks before the games. Like I could just yeah. see going into the locker room and everybody's just acting a fool, doing yeah. like the TikTok or but something. Yeah. But definitely give us a follow. I post all the content, so it's pretty good. There you go. <laughs> she posts all the content, but doesn't know the handles. <laughs> hey, I do the Instagram one, which I was actually like pretty, you know, didn't expect that. <laughs> well, it's been a pleasure having you on, Bree. Best of luck uh, in your upcoming season, and you know, we hope that you guys continue to recruit, you know, our players, obviously, but you continue to have success in the future. Well, thank you so much for having me, and thank you for having such great players that we can recruit. I mean, Kylie has been an excellent example of Delaware Union. She represents them really well, and you know that just—it's—it's it's a really good look for you guys. And, and as a college coach, you want to get more players like that. So thank you for molding her into such a good college player. Thank you. We appreciate that. Yep. Thanks. Of course. All right, Dwayne, we're back. Uh, Champions League. Did you get to watch the games? Because I did not. I just watched the Man, replays. I watched the or... first 10 minutes of that City game, though. <laughs> <laughs> so the game ended up 4-3. to three. Uh, It was it seemed like an exciting game from what I saw in the extended highlights. Yeah, Kevin De Bruyne scored like 90 seconds into the game. Yeah, yeah. And then... 93 seconds, it might have been. Benzema. Just... Big Benz. Monster. Monster, monster, monster. Can't sleep on Benzema. No. And then Liverpool, 2 nothing. But from what I read and saw, it could have been more. And it was basically just... It was just a really, really good showing by them. So... um, So now, next week, Villarreal hosting Liverpool. And then Real Madrid hosting City. So that'll be really interesting. And the Europa League semifinals kicked off. Frankfurt with a huge win away at West Ham. Uh, Leipzig with a win at Rangers. No, sorry, at home. At home. And then in the semifinals of the Conference League, uh, Leicester and Roma tied 1-1, and uh, Feyenoord tied, uh, beat Marseille at home in the Netherlands. All right, uh, Dwayne, player of the match. Who is your player of the match? The match is going to go to all 22 players that took place in that uh, City Real Madrid game because that was, I only got the last 10 minutes of it, but I could just tell, like you could tell by the score and just the way they were playing that it was a great yeah, back and forth game. It wasn't like, it was more offensive, offense taking over, attacking to score goals rather than there being a lack of defense. It was just yeah. great attacking minds trying to score goals to win that game. So, Goes out to them. Also, want to give a shout out to oh, her last name is Riley. She plays for the U17 women's national team. She got cut from her ODP team. Yeah, I saw that. Now is on the youth national team for U17. So that's a, it's a testament that, hey, if you if one door shuts, you know, don't shut that door completely. You know, find another open door and continue pushing. I can't think of her first. Is it Shay Riley? Yes. Shay Riley. Shay Riley. Yes. yes. I didn't want to get that wrong. Shay Riley. She actually started. Um, she started in that 20 to nothing game. 
yeah so like that's a it's it's huge like you know one door shuts you know, keep the door open hey harvey hey harvey 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 scored four goals home. scored four goals in the game there you go it's your testament yeah so um my my player of the match goes out to <clears throat> i'm just i'm not gonna say the full name i'm just gonna go we're just gonna go with initials mine goes out to bf uh for listening to the podcast uh it's been it's been great to get that feedback in person so thank you to bf for the for the big shout out you might not even know who it is <laughs> uh, it's not who i thought it was <laughs> so thanks for listening to the podcast uh on this day in history so we were talking about this idea of scoring a lot of goals, right? So 1979, April 29th, 19, sorry, it's 1978. Uh, so Bundesliga, uh, Borussia, Mangling back, Mangling them back, Mangling back. Yeah. And Cologne were equal on points, but Cologne had a better goal differential by 10 goals. So, uh, you know, it was, it was an interesting dynamic because again, you got you by 10 goals. So Borussia goes out, plays dormant and they actually beat him 12, nothing. Wow. Which would swing the, but goal differential, but Cologne still won the, or got the title because they beat uh, St. Pauli five nothing, <laughs> so they had a better goal differential. But nuts. Um, yeah, so um, the apparently, but there was an interesting thing that dormant dormant players apparently just gave up, mm. and uh, and just allowed goals to happen, which then later on they were fined for poor performance. Gotcha. So if, it you're, all, out it there, all... if you're out there, don't don't give up. Just keep playing. Just keep playing or you get fined. Just keep playing. Just keep swimming. Play to the whistle. All right. Don't, dr- play- don't drown. Don't drown. Fair play of the week. Uh, my fair play of the week goes out to the players at Bologna. <laughs> so Bologna uh, beat Milan 2-1 to one this week. Beat AC Milan 2-1. to one. Um, Bologna is coached by uh, Sinisa Mihalovic. Uh, the Croatian like Yugoslavian Croatian like phenomenal player um from the huh the guru yeah from the from the 90s um you know he he played at Sampdoria played at Lazio played at Inter um and then became a coach um unfortunately he's going through leukemia treatment right now um so the shout out to the Bologna players because after they beat Milan they went out and saw him at the clinic. Uh, they stood outside, uh, outside the clinic, and he came out to the window. Um, and so they they clapped for him. So I thought that was a really really nice moment. So that's awesome. Big shout out to them, and hopefully Mihalovic is able to recover soon. So, who's your fair play of the week? My fair play of the week is going to go out to once again Alex Carrington. Um, we're organizing a night for Delaware Union uh, players, families, coaches, brothers, sisters, alumni, all to come out to the Philadelphia Union game August 31st um, against Atlanta United. It's a Wednesday night before school starts, at least upstate, you know, before that Labor Day break. Yeah. Um, 
So we've got a hundred tickets. So we're looking to, you know, get those tickets sold so we can get that on-field experience, you know, whether it's like the banner, the halftime game, something like that. And just looking forward to continue to do things like that to, you know, add to that pathway and give our players the exposure to be able to watch a game live because, I mean, some parts of the country, you can't go watch a game live because geographically it doesn't make sense. Yeah. Like if I live in Alabama, who am I going to go watch play live? Yeah, nobody. Got to go to Houston. Got to go to Miami. Orlando, it's, that's a hike. Atlanta? Atlanta, maybe. Maybe. But either way, it's like a, you got to get Nashville? a car go five or six hours. Yeah. Yeah. You only have to travel an hour or less. Yeah, less. Yeah. Well, at least for me, it's less. Um, and guess what? It's you for less, but guess who gets to park for free? That's true. You do. You do. Yeah. Oh, so funny story about that, right? So I'm leaving my game Saturday. Had a detour because there was a bunch of traffic on 476 to 95. Drive right past Subaru Park, and I was like, had to take a peek, man. I would have been car number one <laughs> if I had left my game and was going to the game, but just had to go coach in Middletown. Yeah, that's funny. Um, I, I can I add a fair play of the week? Sure. All right, it's your I'm podcast. Gonna... It's our podcast. That's, that's true. Um, uh, I'm gonna <laughs> add a fair play of the week. Uh, the junior fair play. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Um. Uh, junior Firpo? No, that's a player. Junior, right? no, I said junior fair play of the week. Junior Firpo is a player, though, right? Yeah, yeah, junior fair play is a left back. Yeah, that's what I thought. Um, junior fair play, uh, goes out to Madeline Hudson from the uh 08 girls because I forgot to mention this. She did a she did a service project for a school, uh, where she collected she made boxes, um, and handed them out to the entire team, the entire OA girls team. And then asked us, us coaches if we wanted to participate. And I said, yes. So basically um, we had to fill the boxes with, for, with toys for kids that are in hospitals. So we got to do that as a little, as a little service project. So big shout out to Madeline. Cool. It was really nice of her. It's nice. It's a nice project. It was, it was really cool. I enjoyed doing it. Yeah. We should do that more often as a club. We should do that more often as a club. We really should. Um, Free juniors fair play of the week goes to Sammy from the 08 team because she's always trying to play the coaches. She's been persistent about setting up the state. She has. So we'll we'll, we'll find a date, Sammy. Yeah, I got. I, I still got. I still got a couple months before I can play. Uh, well, you, you can coach. I can coach. That's fine. I'm we're getting younger coaches, so it's it's. it's yeah, I'm I'm on the way out. I'm next to Chad. <laughs> yeah, we're getting younger coaches, so she might get the smoke that she's asking for. <laughs> All right. Well, Catch me on the right day. Shots are going up for 90. <laughs> Catch you in the wrong day. They're going to the parking lot. Yeah. Yeah. Catch you on the wrong day. I'll be chasing the balls a lot. <laughs> you might pull a hamstring. No, I ain't pulling nothing. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for joining us this week. And remember, always receive the ball on your front foot. <laughs>